let's give a warm welcome to Marty Peterson, who's going to share today. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we thank you for your anointing on the word today. We thank you for your presence that's already here. So sweet and so precious. So, praise God. So, when Pastor Dan asked if I would fill in, and he told me that he would like me to preach about the glory that happened at the nativity. And when I told my children, they just all laughed because they said, Mom, you that's your favorite message, so it won't be a problem for you. So that's true. So, the, so I'm going to jump right in. The, the uh, first point is that God revealed his glory when Jesus was born. So I timed Pastor Steve last night when he read Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. It was only two minutes, so I can afford to do that. In those days, it occurred that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole Roman Empire should be registered. This was the first enrollment, and it was made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Don't judge me on my pronunciation of, of words, you know. And all the people were going to be registered each to his own city or town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the town of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his espoused wife, who was about to become a mother. And while they were there, the time came for her delivery. And she gave birth to her son. Thank God. <laughs> her firstborn. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room or place for them in the inn. And in that vicinity, there were shepherds living out under the open sky in the field, watching over their flocks by night. Uh, for those of you that saw the play, one of them wished that he was watching the NFL instead. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone all about them. And they were terribly frightened. This happened very often in the Bible. If you will notice, most of the times that an angel appeared, the people became frightened. Why was that? Because the angels were coming directly from the throne of God covered with his glory his glory shone remember when Paul was we say knocked off his horse and his whole life was changed as a result of them and the angels always say don't be afraid why because it's not there for them to be afraid but it's for them to recognize this uh, presence this anointing of God Behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which has come to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the town of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign for you by which you will recognize him. You will find him as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel an army of the troops of heaven. This is amplified, I think. I love it. An army of the troops of heaven, a heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest 
and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go into Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. So they went in haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known what they have been told concerning the child. And all who heard it were astonished and marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all of these things to herself, weighing and pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. So at his birth, God's glory was revealed because he wanted people to know. And I love that he chose the humble shepherds to see this uh, just array of his magnificence and his glory through the angels. And so when Jesus then showed forth his glory when he was on earth, he showed it by healings and miracles and raising the dead and in the transfiguration. So everywhere that Jesus went, he showed forth his glory because he did these things, and it says in John 2, 11, this, the first of his signs or miracles or wonder works, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee, and he manifested his glory. By it, he displayed his greatness and his power openly, and his disciples believed in him. Now, I don't know that I had ever heard the word manifested until I went to Toronto. Coffee off. And there they talked a lot about the manifested presence. See, we, we know that the Lord is with us all the time. But just like this morning, while we were worshiping during the song service, Many of you had your hands raised or were dancing or were worshiping in your way. And as we go deeper into the presence, we find the glory. We find the glory. And God wants us to show forth his glory just as Jesus did with healings and miracles, raising the dead. Now, <clears throat> as far as I know, I've never been transfigured. But I do have a story. We were in, a, in a, we had an aglow that, believe it or not, was really, really a very powerful aglow. We were moving strongly in the presence of the Lord in Costa Rica, a lot of leaders, missionaries. The presence of God was so strong that the anointing would just abide on us. I promise I'm not sick. It's just, you know, the cough that's going around. And so uh, we went to one of these meetings, and when we got home, I was teaching in the school that the children were attending, and I looked across the courtyard one day, and I saw somebody over there, and they were shining. And I said, who is that? <coughs> Get my water. Thanks, Andrew. Anyway, I said, who is that? And it was my friend Sally, and she had been at the Aglow. 
And the anointing had remained upon her so strongly that literally she was glowing. Thank you very much, sir. I tried not to sing, but you know it's hard not to sing Christmas carols. Now, they're very, very beautiful to sing, but they're very, very hard to play. Just, you know, anybody, well, anyway, for me. Okay, so she was shining, and it was the glory from that meeting, that conference that we had been in. And that was the first time that I had ever seen that. Remember when Moses went up into the mountain and he met with the Lord? When he came down, they had to put a veil on his face because he was shining so brightly that I assume the people couldn't handle it. And so God wants us to shine. And so John eleven forty. Jesus said to Mary, uh, to Mary and Martha, did I not tell you and promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the glory of God? This was when he raised Lazarus. So God shows forth his glory by the miracles, the healings, the wonders. He shows them forth on the earth. People are amazed and they come to the Lord because this is a way of illustrating his glory. And then uh, the transfiguration in Luke 9, 29. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. White and glistening. So Jesus showed forth his glory so that we could see it. Now, we weren't there, but those that saw it, and they wrote it down so that we could see it and realize what happened. And so, praise God. And so God had a plan. In Romans 9.23, it says that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. That's us. Which he has afore prepared unto glory. God said, I want sons and daughters, and I am preparing them for glory. And he called us the vessels of mercy, and he wanted to make known unto us. God isn't, doesn't have it all locked up in heaven so that we can't see it, but he already wants to, to let us have a little bit of heaven to go to heaven in. He wants us to experience it now. And so... Anyway, that's my third point. I'm moving right along, Brenda. As I was studying, I was like, okay, no more scriptures because I'm going to run out of time because this is a short service. It's like, okay, so don't write that down because you're not going to have time to do it. So anyway, God wants us to experience his glory in the here and now as well as when we get to heaven. When we go deep in his presence, we find his glory. So I, did, I do have one more scripture about Jesus that I have to read. You don't mind, right? Yeah. Hebrews 1, 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself 
purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty of high. I just love that. I love that the disciples got to see Jesus in the transfiguration. I love that when uh, John saw him in Revelation, he was awesome with, with bronze and shining and everything because the glory of God will penetrate everything. I always say that if we can live in the glory, we'll be full of healing and health at all times. If we can learn to walk in his presence and in his glory, they're the same thing, you know, because where God is, there his glory is. Hallelujah. So God wants us to experience the glory now the glory now in John 17 22 Jesus was praying and of course Pastor Dan's been has been speaking about John 17 I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me that they may be one even as we are one I have given them the glory and honor. So it's been given. We received the gifts last night. Jeremiah spoke about the different gifts. Those gifts have been given to us. So I'm going to tell Jer when he does it next time. I'm not sure what all he had because I was in Puggles on Sunday. But he needs to add glory because that's a gift that God has given us to walk in. When he was born, the glory was there. When he walked on earth, the glory was there. And he gave the glory of God to us so that we can heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. He gave the glory to us, not so that we can glory, but that we can give that glory and we can let the world know who God is and how awesome he is and how powerful he is, how wonderful he is. How wonderful he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my fourth point. I'm moving right along, Brenda. Our fourth point. God wants us to go from glory to glory. God wants us to go from glory to glory. You know why? Paul was changed by a glory experience. I was changed by a glory experience. And I imagine that there are many of you here that were changed by a glory experience. The presence, the anointing so strong. And it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all with open face. You know, there are places where it talks about people's faces being veiled. And as a matter of fact, it's right in the same portion here. There are people whose faces are veiled. They are unable to see the Lord as he is. They are unable to perceive the greatness of his mercy towards us. And so we have an open face because our hearts are open, our minds are open, our spirits are open so that we can behold. Now, we can't behold it directly. If we see God directly, there have been people that have died and gone to heaven, and they wanted to look at God. It was like, not yet, because basically, um, if you look at me, I have to kill you, you know. 
But we, we behold as in a glass, like a reflection. We only see a part. But seeing the part of glory, remember Moses, how he hit him in the cleft, and he just let him see his hinder parts? That always cracks me up. Anyway, he just let him see his backside. He let him see his backside because he couldn't let him see his face. And it's so powerful that even that made Moses' face shine. We are changed when we with open face behold the glory of God. We are changed into the same image. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. How many of you want to be like Jesus? You know, we, we sing, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask, to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask to be like him. I'm aging myself by singing that song. Okay. We all, with open face, we see him. When we see him, something happens to us. We, became, we become different. We become changed. Now, we know it's a process, so we're changed. We're changed from glory to glory, from glory to glory. When somebody first gets saved, their face is shining and they're so happy and everybody knows that something has happened to them. And then something happens in their life and you're like, uh-oh, the light just went out. They need to realize that God is still there with them. And when they begin to learn that, they come back to the glory of God and their face begins to shine again because they realize that he is with us changing us, developing us, changing our character from maybe not so good to a good character. He's changing us, and he makes us look like him. And as I said, Paul was changed. Paul was completely changed. Paul went from black to white when he saw the light, and he talks about the glory of that light because it was a direct encounter with the glory of God. And he said in Acts twenty-two eleven, when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them who were with me, then I came into Damascus. Hallelujah. I've had some pretty amazing experiences but it's not just the experience. It's what the experience causes to happen in us. We want, I like those experience. Believe me, I like those experiences. I like those times of the presence of God. Right at the beginning of 2020, which I think was just the grace and mercy of God to me while I was in Florida, waves of his glory began coming on me just in my bedroom, I had gone to church, I'd been praying in the spirit, and waves of his glory, so strong, it's just amazing. But it was for a purpose, because God was working something in me. God was working something in me. For God, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, 
He said, let there be light, and there was light. Has shined in our hearts. Now, if God could do that, he could say to the darkness, let there be light, and light came. Then he can shine his light in our heart, in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Now, think about it. He's shining his light in our hearts. For what reason? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He's doing this to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Glory of God. Now, I debated whether to tell the story, but I think I'm going to if you guys don't mind. And this is not to... I hesitated because it's about me, Okay. My husband told this story, and I think Brenda heard Ray tell this. I didn't know it. I hadn't, I hadn't heard it. He hadn't told me. But we had this little square tent at our glow, and we would go sit in that tent. And we would just get in his presence in that tent. And um, I was in the tent, and... I was spending a lot of time with the Lord and I was soaking and I was meditating and I was just in his presence and I was in the tent. So Ray walked by and my friend Marilyn said, Ray, look in the tent. And Ray said, okay. So he opened the tent and looked in. And he didn't know it was me because the light of the Lord was shining on me. And he didn't tell me that. He didn't tell me that for years until he mentioned it in a sermon. Because I was soaked. Everybody else had been sitting in that tent. All the anointing off of everybody. So I don't know. Maybe anybody that was sitting in that tent was glowing. I don't know. But there was such a deep presence, such an anointing. All I know is that I want the glory of God to be in my heart and to shine. I want the presence of God to be in my heart and to shine. I want us to sense that sweetness of his presence and to realize that we walk as Christ to heal, to deliver, to, to raise from the dead, to do the good works that God has given unto us. That glory that came in the nativity is ours now for us to walk in it. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask for your glory, your presence, your sweetness, the light of your presence to come today. That we will just allow God to shine in our light, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's not because of us or anything that we have done, but because of the great mercy of God unto us, the vessels of mercy <laughs> that you have given unto us, this great anointing, this great illumination, this great glory. Let us walk and abide. And Father, we ask that we will do it not just at Christmas time, but all the time in your precious name. Amen. David.
Isn't that a great sermon? I never forgot the time I was 14, and I was trying to stand up when someone was praying for me, and I couldn't stand up because the glory was so heavy. I was embarrassed. You know, I was a teenager. My friends were there, and I fell backwards, and I was trying to say, praise you, Jesus, and it turned into tongues, and that changed my life. <laughs> Such a powerful experience. I could never doubt if there was a God or not after that. So if you've never experienced the glory in that way that Marty was talking about, and you want to, be hungry for it. And if you, want, if you have experienced it, as I have and so many others, and you want to, again, be hungry for it, and God will give you what you're asking for. All right. I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then we're going to do one quick thing that somebody asked me to do, and it might be a horrible experience for you. I'll tell you about that in a second. So, Lord Jesus, we pray everyone will have an amazing Christmas time. We pray that your glory will be with us all day as a weighty presence. And we pray for our 2023 that your glory will shine through all of us more than it has ever before. Amen. All right, now you're not dismissed, but stand up. You're not dismissed, but stand up. And I debated whether to do this or not because I've never sang in front of the church before in my entire life. <laughs> Somebody asked if we could sing a happy birthday to Jesus. So we're going to sing it and then we're going to go. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Have an amazing Christmas, everybody.
Joy, joy. 